Greetings and salutations, AV insiders of the world. As always, I'm your host, Johnny Moda. This is the show that you've come accustomed to over the course of, I don't know, how many years now has it been? It doesn't really matter because the show's not about me. It's about you, the listener, and our guest. Today, the guest is also named Johnny, which is sweet. Uh, I like people named Johnny. In this case, it's called Johnny uh, Sanchez of Johnny and Company, or Johnny and Co., whichever she prefers. But it, again, it's not about me. It's about her. So, Johnny, thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, I'm really excited. I've never been on a podcast. Great. Then this will be experimental and fun all at the same time. And hopefully <laughs> yeah. nothing short of that. So um, for people maybe who are not familiar with the company, no, actually, we'll do that next. What I want to know first is maybe this is your first job ever. Maybe this is your first job in technology. I'm unsure of the answer, although I do have a little bit of details on that. But I would rather that you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the industry. So your prior experience to the company that is Johnny and Company now. Yeah, sure. So I went to I went to a women's college called Agnes Scott in Atlanta, Georgia. And then I graduated in a time of economic strife. So I for about a year I actually was basically unemployed or underemployed. And then I eventually found a job at a software as a service company called Adelite. Uh, who they, the same guys actually just made a new company called Control Envy that just premiered at Infocom. Um, but anyways, uh, they hired me originally as a bookkeeper. And anyone who knows me knows that I am the absolute last person you would ever want um, controlling your, your, your books, your, your finances. Um, just not kind of my kind of thing. Um, so, but I did, you know, I did okay at that. But then after a couple of months, you know, they were, they were so smart. They're, I mean, they're world-class coders. They really are so smart. And after a couple of months, I was like, you know, these guys like could, could do a lot better on their marketing and their sales. And at the time, I really didn't know much about marketing or sales. So it kind of, I've been most of them. I came up with, I think like a 33 or 35 um, slide PowerPoint. And sometimes I could present it and just tell them, you know, some ideas I had about what they could do differently. And they, they gave me the promotion on the spot and they let me get out of that bookkeeper situation. And I was a lot happier. So I, um, you know, eventually, you know, ran kind of the entire thing and started, started all of their marketing from the ground up. And, and then, you know, for a couple of years I had the idea, I, their, um, do that I met a lot of AV dealers because they're they're uh, crush on service providers they also made the first RMR for crush on dealers ever um, anyways do, do that I I, uh, I met a lot of dealers and oftentimes you know they could kind of talk circles around you when it came to technology and home theaters and you know in that but oftentimes it seemed like their sales their sales tactic um, kind of really heavily relied on referrals word of mouth which um, I would say is not a strategy. That's a, it's a, I would say it's a pretty passive way of conducting sales. And so I really wanted to form this company that, you know, I thought would really help them out in terms of marketing and sales, um, you know, in the kind of in this digital age of, of you know, 2017. Um, so that's kind of, that's all I've really done ever, um, you know, ever since college and stuff. I, I will say kind of looking back, um, throughout my life, I I used to be a, a music writer for an alt weekly. Okay. Um, when I was in college, when I was in college, and then I started the music section at my in the newspaper at my um, 
at my college, I would go to like four concerts a night or four concerts a week, not a night. Um, <laughs> when, like in high school, I would go to, there was this um, place that, um, I think it was $5 or $4 a movie, even at night. And it was brand new movies. I don't know how they did that. But like, um, I can kind of look back and think like, wow, I've, I kind of always have been really attracted to, uh, you know, audio and visual. visual. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of me in a show. Cool. Um, so I would like to revisit the, the music aspect of your, of your, your life towards the end of the show. So we'll come back to that. Cause I want to ask you a bunch of music related questions that aren't really about the company, but more about your character. So I'd love to. So knowing a little bit about you, that brings us to Johnny and company. How long has Johnny and company been a company in our industry? Um, technically I started working on it last July. I think technically it's been a company since October though. Okay. Um, that's when we, that's when we, you know, made our LLC and everything, but I've been working on it for a year now. Okay. And what exactly is Johnny and company? What is it that you offer for whomever that your company is aimed at? Yeah. So our company is aimed at any AV, IOT or tech business that is still hungry for the sale. We're a marketing firm for those kinds of businesses, whether it's a manufacturer or a dealer. Okay. And, um, and what is your business model, I guess? Are you like direct to those people or, or cause I've seen, I've seen some, some pretty big news for the company itself and in, in the, in how you've partnered with other people. So I guess I kind of already know the answer, but maybe if you could describe how your business model works. Um, my business model. I mean, you don't have to give pricing kinda, away. Um, you know what I mean? Like, you are, so oh, like, no, no, no. Uh, well, I'm just, transparent, so. okay. Well, so all I'm, I guess I'm curious is like, you know, are you direct to those dealers, right? Or direct to those, those companies, if you will, right? Yeah. So my strategy has, I mean, all, I mean, all marketing, I mean, all marketing is, is, is make, is about making a sale. Your marketing team should be very focused on ROI and making a sale. And then in turn, you know, sales is just about, to me, relationships, building relationships and then maintaining a relationship and, almost always kind of a friendship it turns out to be. Um, so in terms of like kind of partnerships or uh, things like that, um, it's not a, uh, it's not a technical partnership. I have to be really careful about this, but I did create a website initiative for CDA. Um, and that was really cool a couple of months ago um, where we gave, I was able to negotiate a deal with CDA and uh, we're giving all CDA members $1,500 off any custom custom made website. Mm -hmm. um, so does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. That, that's what I was asking about in terms of like um, what I saw, right? So I saw that you kind of partnered with CDA, which I think is huge for your company, right? I mean, like, do you plan on, um, so we just had Infocom, so right? So just to go back, you know, CDA, for people who aren't familiar by now listening to me say a billion times, CDA is an acronym for Custom Electronic Design Installation Association. It is a huge show for the residential market and custom installation field. Now flip to the commercial side of things, Infocom, right? Where you and I met for the first time in actual person. Um, did you try? Yeah, it was so it, fun. It, yeah, it was fun. I mean, did, did you try and take the same approach and, and connect with like either like Dave Lebuskis or, or the people in charge of their Infocom to try and present your services in a partnership way as well while you were there or plan to? 
Yeah. Well, you know, Dave is, you know, I would never propose, you know, someone at a trade show kind of trying to make a deal because that's just, you know, it's not the right time. No, you would be, you would be surprised how many people go to the trade shows to do that. I, yeah, I always am. I've heard of that, which I kind of, you know, unless you have an appointment, you know, I just don't think that's the right time. But um, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm definitely working on Infocom, um, but Dave has not heard from me yet. But uh, I actually interviewed him a couple years ago, and he was, uh, he was one of the best interviews I've ever had. He was so just open and transparent and real, uh, especially as a high-level CEO. I was really kind of surprised by that. Um, a couple of years ago I was and then when I saw I saw him a couple of times at the show um even though I don't think he you know he didn't know who I was or anything but um one time I was in the Infocom lounge uh where they had kind of like you know chairs to sit in and it's, I don't know where it was but um you know no one was really watching and that's kind of how you can tell what someone really does is you know what do they do when no one's watching but no one was watching and he just like he was just so I love the team he's created and he's, he's created such a great team over there. Um, he seems like just a, he's like a really cool guy. Anyways. Um, sorry. Um, no, that's yeah. okay. That's I, I met him for the first time at Infocom as well. And he is very honest and open and nice guy. Just like I said, very transparent there, you know, there was, he was very approachable and you know, a lot yeah. of people on that level of an executive are kind of like standoffish, if you will. Especially if they have yeah, never met absolutely. you before, and it's it just—I don't know if that's not necessarily a trend, but that just seems to be what I've seen, and obviously not in all cases. But um, yeah, great guy from the the small interactions that I've had with him thus far, and I imagine yeah. going forward it'll be the same. But you know, just being approached, he was very um, welcoming, if you will. Yeah, and the way—I guess I was just really blown away when I saw just the way he reacted with him, in, with his employees. Um, the way they reacted together, it was really like a team, like a, almost like a, you know, almost a family, which I know is such a cliche to say, but, um, yeah, it was cool. Okay. So taking this information, right. Of, of who the, you and the company are, the service officer and the people and dealers, if you will, uh, in our industry that you are working with and, uh, trying to collaborate with on, and on the, the level of CD, which is huge and possibly Infocom. Are there other shows that you would uh, would attend, like I don't know if that's CES, smaller trade shows, Infocom connections, other music-related ones, stuff in your area, things like that. Yeah, so um, I of course I'll I'll be at CD this year um, mm -hmm. again, and I'll actually be teaching a class there, so definitely sign up for that class. Um, What's the class you know, called? I go to Infocom. Uh, I think it's called how to win the game of social media AV dealers um, edition. If I'm not mistaken, I think um, it's AV residential dealers edition. Yeah, you got it. Look at you. Okay. Yeah. I should know that. I really should know that. I was hoping <laughs> you wouldn't ask me. And I was like, Oh God, don't ask. Uh, um, so, okay. you know, Infocom, Infocom, of course, I've gone to CEOs. Um, I, I would love to go to some tech summit. Um, I haven't been able to get to one, but I'd really like to go to some tech summit. Um, someday. I know they're run by some, really good people tech summit and then IAC of course is a dream I've never been out of the country still but um I'd love to go to IAC one day too uh, but those are the main ones that I that I attend so cool uh what would you say is next for the company itself obviously uh web services for for the dealers which when I first got into social marketing back in 2009 
for a company I was at at the time. That was one of the biggest complaints that I have. Not, not, I mean that, and along with the amount of manufacturers, they weren't represented by this new, this new media, this new digital media. And it, it was actually kind of surprising, you know, it was seen a lot of like younger generation at the time hopping on board, but not really the manufacturers that I was looking to interact with and, and the community. And that's how the AB Tweeps thing was born was from me trying to be out there and, and connect with people. But then the, the, fa- the amount of high level companies that had terrible websites and web presences, when I would try and connect with people and I went to their website, it was, I don't want to say non-existent, but it just might as well have been. It, it was, it was really bad. And, it, and the, the progress of these uh, sites and, and dealers and manufacturers has gotten better and the dealers themselves that I had seen their, their web presence has actually, I want to say it's just not really increased, but like it's gotten much more pleasant and just overall better, I guess. I, it just because what I had seen and still to this day, I still see stuff that looks like it was sub eighties looking websites and it's, <sighs> It's just crazy, right? Yeah, well, I mean... It's crazy. Yeah, maybe I'm coming, you know, like, because I feel like I'm currently at, and I've been where... I feel like I am where you were five years ago or whatever time frame you're talking about. Because to me, um, you know, we've done the research. Over 50% of dealers in the dealers with commercial and rentee, over 50% of them either do not have a website or have a very updated website, meaning Mm -hmm. that it looks like it's from the 90s or the early 2000s. so I would say we still have a long ways to go and especially like, you know, we're in technology, right? Like we should, we should have a good website. That's, that's what technology, you know, like that's a part, that's a different aspect of technology. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, so in terms of services, so like, I mean, our bread and butter is obviously website development, which we really pride ourselves on because it's, custom coded, um, which is not done by any other firm in the, in the industry that I know of. Um, meaning, you know, we don't use a CMS like Joomla, Wix, WordPress, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's all done in house. And then, you know, branding, we do, you know, business cards, brochures, logo, logos. And then if I, but those are, those kind of done with my team. All I do is sell it and then they produce it. And then in terms of like custom marketing and campaign, uh, that's something that I, I usually take the lead on. Uh, and I'm very, I'm a very big fan of, uh, zip code marketing, word of mouth marketing or Rome. Uh, I love setting psychographics, uh, which are different than demographics. Um, so those are, those are like the main services we, we provide and, and stuff, both for manufacturers and dealers. Speaking of uh, demographics and more specifically infographics, you were sharing some information with me about uh, some new, well, I guess you can tell me, you sent me an infographic earlier about some of the stuff. Can you elaborate on what that was? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually passed out um, this infographic we made in-house for our website manufacturer program. So I guess I'll, I'll kind of just give you the gist of it. So... Um, you know, some manufacturers sell directly to customers, you know, like through Best Buy or Amazon or whatever. Mm-hmm. But other manufacturers are, you know, choose to sell through dealers. Um, and wh- I, I see a dealer as a manufacturer's dealer salesman, 
consumer advertising, their, their frontline support, they're everything to that manufacturer, and they should be treated like gold. Um, yeah, most, you know, most dealers have no marketing strategy and almost no budget for marketing, indoor business development, sales leads, you know, et cetera. They, they mostly rely on referrals. Um, in terms of manufacturers' budget, um, their budgets are spent building general brand awareness almost always, you know, within, within our community. They don't, I don't think a lot of them go out to end users and say, like, buy this cable, buy this projector, buy this whatever. Um, so their, their budgets are spent building general brand awareness rather than creating and reinforcing dealer relationships, which, which they're relying on, they're, they're banking on. It was actually my coder's idea. It was completely his idea. And he was like, well, what if manufacturers could do both? Um, what, if he, what if they could do both by building a modern dealer website for their dealers? Um, so we did, do, we, we did kind of some, a study about it, um, and we figured out that uh, a modern dealer website gets at least a few dozen qualified visitors per week. Um, but we already know that most dealers do not have modern websites. And the quote, modern websites are almost always made with the free CMSs, the content management systems like Wix, Joomla, GoDaddy, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but these templates, these templates often destroy and inhibit organic SEO growth, both for the dealer and the brands they choose to represent. So when they put, put in, um, you know, Marantz or when they put in um, Barco or when they put in whatever, um, you know, they're, they're not helping the cause at all. So I think manufacturers can actually help change that. Um, so if, if like, you know, if, the, if a manufacturer was listening and someone in marketing or sales were listening, um, what they could do was they could, they could commit co-op or marketing funds to help improve their dealer's website. And they could, you know, they could target their 10 best dealers or 10 worst dealers, whatever. And then we would match dollar for dollar what they put in. Um, and then the remaining balance would be paid by the dealer if there was a remaining balance. So our, our websites are all four, six, and eight thousand um, dollars. So you know, if a manufacturer put in a thousand, we put in a thousand, and then a dealer would get left with a little over two thousand um, dollars. In return, the manufacturer received the feature position on the dealer um, landing page, which would showcase their products for at least two years. So you know, Stuart film screens, they could have their, their screen on a dealer's landing page for two years. Um, so I guess what I, like on the infographic, what I said was, you know, if you're a manufacturer, like let's imagine 50 dealer websites pointing to your product and saying that you're the best. And then in turn, you're helping those 50 dealers not only get some better marketing in-house, right? but you're helping them sell more across the board, not only your product, but you're also helping their other line. Um, and that's going to do a lot for your, you know, that's going to do what dealers want. What dealers want is a real relationship with someone at the company. They want to know their, they want a partner. That's what they want. They want to, they want a relationship. They want to know they can rely on someone. And I think a lot of AV dealers, they just don't feel like that. They certainly don't feel like that with every manufacturer they have. They may feel like that with one or two or three, but not all 10 or whatever. Um, so, you know, in terms of a manufacturer doing this, uh, they're getting broad marketing and huge SEO for at least two straight years. 
and by the time they're done, like I would say a lot of dealers are going to be open to just keeping them on the landing page. Um, so, you know, you cannot, you, you, you can not currently get better, better value for your marketing dollars. You can't do that with Google. You can't do that with paid product reviews. You can't do that with Facebook campaigns, at least not yet. Um, so, you know, with a modern website, they're getting, they're getting, both the dealer and the manufacturer are getting a huge boost to their credibility and they're reaching a lot more end users than they currently are. Um, so I think, you know, for dealer or manufacturer, whether it's a dealer or a manufacturer or both, it's, you know, it's kind of a win-win strategy. Um, to be honest, I haven't gotten a lot of traction on it. Um, but I also, you know, I haven't been able to reach a lot of the people I've been wanting to reach. So, but I think it's a really very interesting idea and it, it makes sense to me. So I don't know. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I hope I didn't talk your ear off too much. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, again, the show isn't about me. It's about you. It's about what you are offering for the AV and IT slash, well, let's just say yeah. the, the tech industry because I think AV and IT is very specific and obviously our industry is a little more broad than that. Yeah. Well, usually I'm, you know, I've, usually I've, I'm the one doing the interview. I used to interview bands and I, you know, I've done, I've interviewed, I just interviewed um, 10 AV dealers in Florida for uh, a C pro project. So like, you know, I usually I'm the one doing the interviewing. So it's just kind of odd. <laughs> well, tables have turned my friend. Yeah. Now what, what do you say? What's next for the company? Where, what's the direction that you're heading? Just, just growth, larger employees, expanding, uh, across the United States, uh, global domination. What's next? Uh, definitely global domination. Uh, nice I would aspirations. So far, yeah. Well, so far I've worked with, I kind of today actually before I interview, I've worked with five uh, manufacturers so far, which is pretty good. I would say for a year's worth of work. Right. So yeah. I've worked with five manufacturers so far and I'd like to, I'd really like to start working with some more manufacturers. Mm -hmm. Um, especially, you know, manufacturers that are, you know, that, that want to keep, you know, moving the needle in the right direction and want to keep growing. Um, and the same goes, you know, the same goes for dealers. Uh, so, I mean, you know, just keep going. I, I will say I've actually, um, I, I am sort of personally interested in at this point, probably a, um, uh, like a contract job, like a, a really long contract job would definitely uh, interest me for the, with the right company, um, probably the right manufacturer or the right software and service. Um, just because like, I've kind of come to the point with Johnny and co where all, all I, all I personally do almost always is just sell. So, you know, I could put in an hour of work a week. I could put in 65 hours of, you know, a work a week. It's just kind of up to me. And then my team, you know, of freelancers handle, you know, has handles the jobs that I sell. Um, so I'm kind of honestly, to be frank, I'm kind of feeling like, well, maybe it's time, um, you know, I'll always have Johnny and co, but maybe it's kind of time to, you know, work with someone like on a more, on a more permanent basis. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so, but I mean, I'll always, this is like, I mean, this is a problem that I'm very dedicated to fixing and especially in terms of like websites, like, I, I want to fix, I want to be the one that fixes the problem. There's like, you know, there's a couple people in our industry who do it, but not, 
you know, not, not anywhere near um, what we do, especially like, you know, no one has transparent pricing, a special CDA membership discount in the most affordable pricing there is in this industry at the same time, you know? So yeah, I want to fix the problem still, if that makes sense. It does. So with the reasons that you just said, would you say, is that what makes Johnny and Co different than the other companies similar to yours? offering these services in the industry? Is that what makes your company different and why a potential long-term contract uh, client or, or something of that like be the reason that they choose you over them? Uh, in terms of website development, those three reasons are definitely, definitely make us different. Um, you're not gonna find that with anyone else, I can guarantee you. Um, in terms of like a longer contract, I think they would, um, Say that question one more time. Forgive me. Say that question. One uh, more time. I'll, I'll repackage it. What makes John and co different than the other companies in our industry that are similar to yours? What makes you better than everyone else? Why would someone choose Johnny and company over the alternate? Yeah. So, I mean, for one, like we definitely, like I said, like we have transparent pricing, we yeah. have, you know, we're very affordable. Um, I mean, essentially, you're getting a, a pretty, you know, kind of a breath of fresh air, so to speak. There's, it's a lot, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. So, you know, I mean, I'm still, if it's not obvious, I'm, you know, I'm still pretty young uh, and I have a lot of, you know, fresh ideas that, you know, I don't see being put out there as much as I'd like. Um, I've, I actually just saw a couple commercials on TV that we, um, that were kind of, geared towards women um one was by um i can't remember the name of the manufacturer of course but you know there's like there's just so many like for one i think the entire industry should be focusing on millennial and gen x males why because um people are not getting married anymore or they're waiting well into their 30s or 40s to get married so now you have these you, you know back in the day like a man would be tied down at 20 22 24 and all the money he made went to his wife and his kids, right? So now we have all of these single um, bachelors with millennials and Gen X males that have all this money to throw around. Like, I mean, a lot, for them, a lot of, you know, like 80, 100, 120K a year, like fresh out of college often. So why aren't we marketing to them? Like, that makes no sense to me. We should be marketing to them. Yet when I talk to a male, a Gen X or a, a millennial male, when I say, oh, I work in AV, 80% of the time, they have no idea what AV means, but they should, right? Um, so, yeah, I just think, like, ideas like that. I just, um, I guess, basically, you're buying me. I mean, it's called Johnny & Co., right? So, right. Um, so yeah, I, don't, I hope I'm not losing, but, yeah, just, you know, just, like, I definitely have, I like to think, um, you know, innovative ideas about how manufacturers and, and dealers can really move the needle for their business. I think women, I mean, women are not nearly marketed to enough. Um, I think, I know Crestron just made the um, Pantone um, color scheme where their shades, their, their shade, their motorized shades now can be made any color. Um, you know, like Sephora does a Pantone color of the year where they pick one shade a year. If, I don't know if you know that, but like things, things like that, like that's really cool that Crestron did that and that they see, you know, like, is a guy really going to care what color his shades are? Maybe, but I think the woman is going to be like, wow, I can make it Tiffany blue or I can make it bright pink for my daughter's room. Or I can, you know, like, Christian needs to do a story about, like, some housewife in New York that loves her new color shades, you know, just things like that. I think um, that's, 
Yeah, so in turn, just really quick on the Pantone color scheme option. Um, yeah, Sephora does that, and that's great, but that, because that would sell often, and it would make sense to have color inventory on something like that. However, for Crestron, I've been doing shades for a long time. I don't think that what they're doing is a bad idea, but at the same time, it may not be, like what you're pointing out, his decision. It may more be her decision, but even one better, so a lot of times it's neither one decision. It's the interior designer's decision. And whether that be male or female, which is more and more common more now, so that, that are male, um, being as progressive as we are here in California, uh, the color schemes are often are picked sometimes by the homeowners, but more often by the interior designer versus the dealer themselves. And then one beyond that, uh, having a blue shade on the wall, it's just, I'm just picking blue, right? You know, Pantone blue, whatever on the wall. That's great. You know, for the boys or the daughter's room, pink, whatever it may be is great. But the second you paint that wall that <laughs> I'm, I'm throwing a number out because I've installed shades for a long time, a basic shade motorized un uncontrolled, unwired un un anything else to it unprogrammed 12 to 1500 dollars on the small side of things and so you put a color in that is contrasting that isn't more of a neutral color you change the wall it's you you're going to live with that for a long time again that might be a great thing I, i've seen some some interesting fabrics in in the world of shading colors are often not too, you know, far off from like an off-white or an eggshell or a very dark color, but the color option I think is great, right? I think that is a great thing. And there are competitors who, who I don't need to name that offer, you know, if you can get us a sample of these window shades and the interior designer can provide the sample for it, they'll, they will put it on a motor for you. So again, kudos to Crestron for doing so. I think that that is actually really, really good. Um, but I don't know yeah, how I mean, they're not often the... they'll sell that. Yeah, I mean, they're not, they're certainly not the first, I mean, there have definitely been custom coded, custom colored, you know, shades out there for a very long time. And you actually just taught me something new because I never even thought, oh, when you put a color, uh, you know, a blue or a pink or a green or whatever, you know, a shade and you're, you know, shading a large area, a large window, like, yeah, I guess you're right. It is going to change the color of the walls, right? So um, that's something I never would would have even thought of. It would be the it would be the same the same scenario that when I do like trim out for a home a large scale home, um, the color process is always a thought, right? So custom screwless plates on on keypads on walls are typically white, but when you go into large projects, there is a color palette that needs to be met with, and depending on what it is, you know, we try and match walls from room to room, but it's far that we stray from more than one color. So a neutral color is often picked. So that way, if they decide to go from that color, it's not too contrasting, if you will, because they generally are trying to sort of blend in with the, the walls and, and the area. So that way they don't really stand out. It's, it's very, it's very not often that I provide something like that that contrasts with the wall. In fact, the only company that I've seen that is really, really promoting this on the design aspect, and it's the only thing you'll probably ever seeing being promoted in magazines and online from this company, from the Grand, is uh, their Adorn collection where they have their uh, switches, outlets, and lighting control system in a European square look where they are 
intended to contrast from each other. So instead of all white on white, which they do now offer, they do, they, the intent initially was to have the device, whether that be switch, dimmer, or uh, a keypad, if you will, in one color, let's just say it's magnesium because the devices are still only offered in magazine, magnesium and white, then the surrounding plate be a contrasting color like a black or like a blue, a Pantone blue. They have satin colors and it's fun. And it, it the point is to kind of um, liven up the space, if you will, right? Rather than sort of blend in. The whole point of that company is to sort of bring color and fun to the room. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, uh, that is a really nice product. Um, but would you, but you're, what you're saying is that you would, like if in your own house, would you probably just do more neutral colors? Yeah, so it depends. Not if not if my fiance would let me have it have it her way. It would be less. It would look uh -huh. less sterile. Um, I, it really depends. So, like, if I I only would say neutral trim, right? Like for plates and things like that. Essentially, um, so that way, like, let's say in five years I have kids or whatever, and you know now this room is my daughter's room and there's pink and all this stuff. Um, it's not really going to be too two off the wall colors, right? Like, so if I pick like a very, I don't know, like a sandstone color, right? It's gonna have speckles and different looks in it. And I change that off white wall color to like a, a pink, it's not gonna be too bad contrasting or another off white eggshell or whatever. Typically what happens is they, they try and match it as close as possible and the room doesn't really change too often. But when it does, the, the thought process before going in is like, well, this is what you live with now and depending whose home it is, whether it's a family that's, you know, that's their home for the next 20 years or whatever, not a whole lot's going to change, but obviously something will. So they don't try and go with two wild colors unless the room is a dedicated room for X, whatever that happens to be. So if Pantone blue is your color, that's what you're going to live with. And I'll get Pantone yeah. shades from Crestron because they now offer that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So I didn't mean to go like on a long tangent, but I kind of did there. No, no, no. I actually, I've uh, been thinking a lot more about shades than I ever have because a lot of the dealers down in Florida, um, shading in Florida is huge, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, but they all were, they all were shading guys. So. <laughs> One more final question. So earlier you said, you know, the name of the company is John and Co and I'm selling me. Speaking of selling you, the trend, and not every everyone obviously, but there has been some big companies, Google, Legrand, and a few others, that have bought the guests on my show's companies over the course of the last two years. Google bought uh, Dropcam right after I interviewed them. Legrand bought uh, who was this? Uh, all of Milestone recently, right after, like the day after I or the night after I interviewed them, they were bought or announced the next morning. Then there was, there's been a ton of acquisitions and it's all happened like right after I've interviewed them. So in the case Lucky that someone, someone is, is listening to this and, and you are a, an amazing company and you've presented yourself and someone is listening right now, why would someone want to acquire a company? What is it other than, you know, because you're not using a CMS and you're, you're cutting by hand, it's custom SEO is there for the dealers. You're doing it a little bit different. You're younger, you have fresh, innovative ideas. For potential buyers of your company, what would you tell them? My first, my first thought is obviously telling them about the client list. Uh, 
that's my first thought is telling them, you know, the client list, you know, basically all the work is, is already, has already been done for them, all of the groundwork. Um, you know, especially if it was a competitor, you know, acquiring me, I'd be open to something like that. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, but I mean, on the other hand, frankly, I mean, we're a marketing firm and we're, you know, like, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not a manufacturer, so, you know, I, I don't know if that day would ever come, but I, I'd be open to it. Sure. <laughs> I, I realized that I was just kind of seeing what was out there that, that, that has seriously been the trend of the last two years. And it's, it's been pretty crazy. I also had a little bit of insider information. Thus, the name NBAB Insider prior to those acquisitions happening. Why I've interviewed them at those key strategic moments. But I don't have any inside information for you just a second, at least that I can tell you. But if someone does want to acquire you or they want to hire you for those long-term contracts, what is the best way they can reach out directly to inquire more? Sure. Uh, my website is johnnyand.co. So it's J-O-H-N-N-I-E-A-N-D.co. And then my, my email is simply johnny at johnnyand.co. Um, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook. It's all Johnny and Co. And my number is uh, 562-372-1104. So. Yeah. Uh, any, <laughs> any hard finding. Yeah. Any, any final thoughts before we kind of round up the show here? I'm just really honored that you would have me. And I, I, um, I'd love to, I'd love to talk to you someday or if you like a blog post about you someday and learn more about you. Cause I don't know nearly as much about you now as, as you do about me. So oh, but I'm I, boring. I, uh, that's why I have the show and I interview all the cool people. Oh, that's not nice. Don't say that. Um, no, you're, you're awesome. So I really appreciate you having me and it's, it's been a total joy. It's really made my whole week. Well, thanks. I appreciate your time. I appreciate what you're doing for our industry and the manufacturers. And again, for everyone who are, is listening, you want to learn more about the company, or maybe you, you want to um, enlist some of Johnny's services, head over to Johnny and Co. That's uh, Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-I-E-A-N-D.co, Johnny and Co. Head over there and you can find all the services, the marketing, the pricing. It's all there. There's, it's all transparent. There's nothing hidden. There's no fees like T-Mobile or anything like that. It's all right in front of you. So any questions can all be directed to Johnny. As she mentioned, she is on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash Johnny and co. All one word. LinkedIn is going to be linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Johnny dash ampersand dash co and on the twitter it's simply at johnny and co and i don't know if you're on instagram on any others but i would assume it's probably at johnny and co correct uh i am on instagram but it's private account it's just my personal account ah don't go there because it's personal but go to the company stuff yeah. or, or just head over to johnny and dot co and you can find any information that you desire about pricing services how to reach out how to learn more just head there all the social sites are there. There's a blog. You can learn anything you would like. And I'm sure there's probably a contact tab with email information if you want to do that. If that is your method, there's even a phone number, but I can't tell you what it is. You'll have to just go over to johnnyn.co forward slash contact to learn more about that. For anyone who Ooh. would like to learn more about me, 
or that you want to email me saying you hated the show, you love the show, you would want to be a guest on the show so you can tell me that I'm doing everything wrong. I would love to hear all of that, but you're going to have to email me directly. And it's simply Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y at ravepubs.com or yeah, that'll work. Johnny at ravepubs.com. I'm on Twitter, so that oh. still exists tomorrow. It's at jmoto3. Same on Instagram, not Snapchat. That is someone else. He's an imposter. Do not follow him. On Snapchat, it's av underscore insider there. Uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Friendster. I don't, MySpace is probably a thing. I don't know. If you Google me, they'll probably come up with a lot of good stuff. And if there's anything bad, that's my evil twin. Or maybe I'm the evil one. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Just reach out. Say hi. Tell me you love the show. Tell me what you want to hear more about. Johnny, thank you so much for taking the time, being on my show, and enlightening the AV industry, how we could be better, and how to reach out. Thank you for your time. Yeah, you too. Can I just ask one more question? Yeah, of course. Please. Is, is the AV industry actually on Snapchat? Yes, they are. They're man I've seen manu multiple manufacturers, a lot of our fellow AV tweets, if you will. And uh, yeah. Like you said, they're just like you in the younger community. Uh, you know, why aren't we reaching out? They are. They are reaching to the through the younger methods. That's awesome. Not everyone, obviously, but you're seeing more and more of that. So something considered. That's awesome. Yeah, I honestly, when it came out, like all my friends were so excited, and my best friend is a Snapchat like expert, but I have like I still just don't really know how to work Snapchat. Yeah, you'll get into it, I'm sure. Yeah, which tells me I'm getting old. But also, it was so great to talk to you, Johnny. And if I hear Johnny one more time, like, woo, a lot of Johnny. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for your time. And maybe after CD or towards the end of the year, I'll have you back and you can tell me how about you've expanded, you've grown, you've looked into other avenues. Maybe you've got those long-term contracts. Maybe you bought another company. I don't know. Whatever that story is, I'd love to have it and I'd love to have you back. Okay, you too. Cool. Everyone, this has been AV Insider. Of course, you can find AV Insider, which is the show on the Rave Pubs radio tab at ravepubs.com. Go there, check them out. Check out all the other cool shows on Rave Pubs radio. I would name them all, but there's a list. So you're just going to have to go to ravepubs.com, go to the Rave Pubs radio tab. You can peruse past AV Insider because you already found me, but there's other ones there. Just check them out. Give us, a, you know, give us some feedback. Everyone, thank you for listening. I am Johnny. I'll catch you on the next show.